your Locked On The Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and follow our podcast Twitter at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, if you enjoy this episode and want to stay tuned for the latest and greatest in Winnipeg Jets news and analysis, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, and the Megaphone app. Doing so doesn't cost you a single penny and ensures you never miss another episode. Tonight's show is brought to you by Bilt Bar. Go to BiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. On tonight's show, we are going to be talking about a couple of things. The first thing I wanted to discuss was Winnipeg's game against the Ottawa Senators over the weekend and what we can maybe glean from this team not exactly playing up to the standards that we expect. And then we're also going to talk about tonight's game against the Vancouver Canucks, which just wrapped up the first period, so I have some early thoughts from that game that I'll provide, and then we'll talk about some closing thoughts towards the end of the game, and hopefully the Jets can actually stop sucking right now because they have not been that great. First order of business, though, let's talk about the game against the Sens, which was kind of a bit of a mess. You know, Ottawa's one of those teams where I, I get it. You know, they're they're definitely desperate. They have a passion to play. They want to show everyone that they're made of, of something, you know, like grit, determination, willpower, and then some underappreciated skill. I think what is true about the Sens is that they're actually not as bad as you would think they are in very specific areas. And I've said that before earlier in the season. Like, I didn't think that their record was as reflective of, of their quality of play as you might expect. You know, they're definitely like a bottom feeder in this division. But I do see some aspects of their game that I actually think are, are pretty savvy. You know, in many ways, DJ Smith actually does a lot of what Dave Tippett does once the Sens have a lead. You know, in, in Edmonton, they basically dump the puck and freeze the neutral zone pretty well against a team like Winnipeg. And Ottawa does a similar sort of thing, albeit with less talent. And honestly, it doesn't quite work as well. But that didn't really matter. You know, Winnipeg against the Sens kept making a lot of really small mistakes that would end up hurting them throughout the rest of the game. They conceded some really silly goals, one of them being a weird busted defensive sequence where Heinola was trying to figure out what to do while the rest of his linemates were kind of off wandering around and it ended up victimizing him. If I recall correctly, the Sportsnet commentator actually blamed Heinola on that goal even though he had nothing to do with the play and was actually very much not at fault at all for any of it, saying something like he needs to go along the wall, but it was actually uh, <laughs> Connor Hellebuck handling the puck and making a really dumb pass that was the whole problem. I think they were just looking for somebody to blame, and the rookie defender is easily the mark when he's the one the coach doesn't play all that often, so, uh, you know, it's one of those silly things. And then later in the game, we saw another really silly conceded goal, this time with the uh, the four-bort Pullman pairing out there along with the fourth line. That whole shift was just a bit of a disaster. Somehow, somebody got free on the right side from a nice one-time opportunity, scored to take the lead even further, 3-1. And while the Jets did create some decent offensive opportunities here and there, overall the game was pretty lackluster in my mind. I, I don't really recall all that many great opportunities 
beyond a couple of uh, moments where Philip Gustafson for, for the Sens was actually tested on some really good shots. Those typically came on some really low slot opportunities and stuff, but it wasn't like the Jets were getting there all, all that often, and, and when the Jets would get countered against by the Sens, Ottawa looked pretty dangerous in certain areas, but certainly wasn't creating that much at even strength either. In general, neither team was doing a whole lot at even strength, which was kind of a little bit disappointing from Winnipeg's perspective. I get that the Suns are pesky and that they do have a nice little forecheck and some underrated skill, but I think the biggest issue is Winnipeg just didn't take care of business. The Jets only really got offensively adventurous towards the end of the game and actually did manage to claw one goal back thanks to Mark Shifley getting a beautiful feed from Blake Wheeler, but beyond that, just not really a very impressive game. A lot of players on that team just aren't showing up in the way that we need them to. And oftentimes, Winnipeg sort of wakes up when the game is kind of wrapped up and over. So I'm just a little bit frustrated. You know, this this is a, a team that you basically need to hand a loss, even if they're much improved. Uh, folks were pointing out that they'd won something like, I think, six or eight of their last ten games. I think it's more like six of their last ten games. But when you look at their schedule and who they've beaten, it's not many teams that I would actually be worried about. You know, Montreal, Calgary, these are teams that aren't that great. I think Vancouver was one of the other teams that they beat. So overall, just not really impressed with the the Sens or the Jets. I feel like Winnipeg shouldn't be playing at the level of a team that's supposed to be rebuilding. If Winnipeg actually fancies itself a contender, it needs to take care of business. It'd be one thing if the Jets were definitely getting goalied by Gustafson, but that's not really the case. He did have a couple of really fabulous saves, some of which, you know, arguably could have been goals, but for the most part, I just think the Jets weren't creating enough. And when they would surrender chances, they did give Ottawa some really clear shooting lanes at uh, Hellebuck, which is kind of frustrating, you know. Hellebuck has kind of carried this team for most of the year. Now that he's looking a little more mortal, it's hard for him to cover every single inch of the ice. And I think the Jets' defense hasn't really done their part of the job. Winnipeg's forwards are also not holding up their end of the bargain. They're struggling to score, they're struggling to create, and it's just a bit of a mess. So I wasn't really sure what to think of this game other than, you know, Winnipeg again has now lost eight of its last nine games before tonight's game against the Canucks. I think you should be panicking about this team if you're the management and coaching staff. The alarm bells have to be blaring. Even bringing in Vili Heinola wasn't quite enough to spark this team, which isn't shocking because, you know, one kid isn't going to make the difference, especially when he's not playing all that much. Even though Heinola, I thought, was one of the better defenders on the night and actually had some really cool, you know, breakouts and, and zone exits, if you're expecting him to save the team completely, you kind of have to readjust your expectations. I, I joke about Heinola being the fix for the Jets a lot of the time, but honestly, he can only do so much, especially when he's not really given that much ice time and responsibility. So, Overall, Winnipeg, very lackluster, wasn't impressed with their performance. I don't know if it was just a question of effort or, or general level of play and, and certainly tactics and system stuff. So, I, I don't know. This whole team is just super mediocre. I'm kind of losing patience watching them blow games and essentially struggle to do much of anything against teams that they frankly need to beat. If you're actually a Stanley Cup contender or a playoff contender, you have to take care of business, especially when you've been mired in a losing streak for several weeks. The Jets frankly look more like a lottery team than they do somebody considering contending for a Stanley Cup championship. Some part of me hoped that a Monday game against the Vancouver Canucks was going to be something of an antidote, at least to restore a little bit of morale and get the team going, but to be honest though, 
it wasn't quite how it panned out, so we'll talk about that game in just a moment. Before then, I wanted to tell you a little bit about why you should sign up for a Wealthfront.com account. Stonks, memes, rocket ships, day trading. If you don't know what any of this is, or even if you do and maybe need a little bit more experience or information, especially in learning how to truly grow your wealth long term, you should create a Wealthfront.com investment account. Investing can be super complicated, but whether you're a beginner or you've been investing for years, Wealthfront makes it easy. They have the right tools for every portfolio. Wealthfront can create a portfolio of globally diversified, low-cost index funds personalized just for you in minutes. There's no manual trading, no picking stocks, and no anxiously watching the stock market every day. They automatically handle all the investing based on preferences you can control. Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets, and you can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL. To get your first $5,000 managed for free for life, go to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL. That's W-A-L-T-H-F-R-O-N-T dot com slash LockedOnNHL to start growing your savings. Fuel your rocket ship to the moon today. Go to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL and get started today. Hello friends, welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. We talked about Winnipeg losing to the Ottawa Senators 4-2 over the weekend. Now we get to focus on Winnipeg versus Vancouver, which, eh, yeah, it's a game. The first period for the Jets, a little bit lackluster and mediocre. In tonight's game, we saw Vili Heinola moved up to the first pairing with Josh Morrissey now on his offside, this uh, offside player being Heinola, of course. And I wasn't really sure how this pairing would go just because Josh Morrissey tends to need somebody like Dylan DeMello, somebody who's a very stabilizing force. Not really sure putting a young rookie on his offside with Morrissey is the best move, but it is what it is. Unfortunately, the Jets kind of got caught very early. Heinola did a little bit of an overlapping interchange along the blue line with Josh Morrissey. Niels Hoglander read it perfectly, tipped the puck away from Heinola, led to a breakaway and a goal against, which, yeah... You know, it's one of those things. Rookies are going to make really silly mistakes. That one you don't really want to be making at the NHL level, but I think this is the kind of mistake that needs to be made earlier in the season, not right now. You don't really want to have this sort of happen right before the postseason, because in all likelihood, Heinola may be called upon in one of these playoff games. I don't really like that he's been played now rather than earlier in the season. You know, even Logan Stanley got into more NHL games in previous parts of the season than what Heinola is doing now. This isn't exactly the time to be finding out what you can and can't get away with at the NHL level. A few minutes later, that pairing again was on the ice for another goal against, although this time neither Morrissey nor Heinola were really at fault for this. All of the forwards who were supposed to be back-checking just sort of abandoned their post, and the top pairing ended up getting completely hung out to dry, and uh, Vancouver took a 2-0 lead. Winnipeg then kind of moved around the defensive pairings. Heinola got moved to Forbort's pairing for a little bit, while DeMello got moved up to Morrissey's unit. I don't really understand why DeMello-Morrissey isn't the first pairing on a regular basis. DeMello is clearly one of the most experienced and savvy veteran D on this team. Why he doesn't get more ice time is beyond me. It is very fitting that Heinola making a few mistakes ends up giving DeMello the promotion he deserves and frankly needs for this team. So, you know, it is what it is. Heinola ended up getting moved back to that top pairing with Morrissey. Again, not really a fan of this combo, but I guess whatever at this point, who even cares? At least for the most part, when it was on the power play, Heinola actually had a few really good slot chances, uh, some nice shots from the point, and some really good edge work that allowed him to create space. That's what we want to see more of, certainly something to uh, give the coaching staff a little bit more of of faith in him and confidence in in Heinola's abilities. You know, if Logan Stanley and and Heinola are both going to make mistakes, you have to give them the room to have those struggles and get over it and work around it. Like I said earlier, though, just not really convinced about doing this in this game at this late in the season right now. 
Winnipeg did actually get a goal back in the first period thanks to the Canucks sort of forgetting about Kyle Connor in the slot right in front of Thatcher Demko. Somehow, Kyle was completely left by himself with literally no other skaters around him, and Perot basically saw him and was like, hey, just have the puck. You're right in front of the net. Just tip it home. And sure enough, Kyle Connor put that one away. He's been struggling over the last several games, really had trouble finishing chances. He's been putting a lot of shots wide, off the post, off the side netting, anywhere but inside the net. Unfortunately, that trend actually started to continue after his goal. He uh, had a couple of really good looks on the power play and some odd man situations in the second period where Vancouver's defense kind of allowed him to hit off the rush. Like he's been doing recently, though, he shanked a number of shots wide or somehow just had a miraculous save from Thatcher Demko. Same for Mark Shifley. I will say, though, that for the chances that Shifley and Connor were able to create on something like the power play, they were basically ineffectual at even strength, which continues to be an issue. That Connor-Shifley-Wheeler line is a bit of a deal-breaker for me. It's not a line that's ever proven to really work, and, and certainly defensively, it struggles mightily. And so I just don't really understand why Maurice keeps turning back to it. It's a crappy line. Defensively, it struggles all the time. It can't even score very often. And so I kind of look at this and I wonder... Is there a better way that you could arrange these lines, maybe? Like, put Perot up there in, in Wheeler's place. I think Perot would actually make a lot of sense. For the second line, I'd have to say that Cop, Dubois, and Perot, to my eye, were actually making some really good moves. I like the matchup of skills here. You know, Perot, Dubois, Cop, all of them like to work in and around the goal line, which is really helpful because Dubois is a huge hawking dude with pretty soft hands. Perot's very good in small spaces, especially along the walls. And Cop can actually hit some really nice passes from behind the, uh, behind the net off the forecheck. So overall, I thought this line looked pretty impactful to me. I'd be curious to know what their underlying numbers look like on the night. I thought that they were more effective than what we've seen from some of the other units. Dubois, unfortunately, was very snake-bitten. He had a couple of really great saves against, and sometimes he would shank the shot or just maybe overthink things. So he is starting to get a little bit more comfortable. I feel like the last couple of games for him, he's had some stronger shifts and moments where, at even strength, he's starting to find his way. At some point, I think the points will start to arrive. It just, you know, a little bit of a, a puck luck thing has to work for him. Maybe some more shooting opportunities. And sometimes, you know, he just has to sort of fire that one home and not overthink it too much. Other than that, though, not a whole lot to say about this game. Winnipeg maybe had a couple of really nice opportunities late in the second period on the power play. Shifley actually thought he scored, ended up going between, like, um, Demko's left shoulder and maybe the post or something, deflected out, and then Shifley again took another shot that Demko somehow leaned to stop. It was kind of crazy that he even got over to the side to make the save on the one-timer, but unfortunately for the Jets, Demko was a bit of a stone wall, and then up the other end of the ice, Brissois had to make a couple of really great saves against the uh, the Canucks forecheck. Niels Hoglander, again, very pesty. Hoglander just continues to be a menace on the forecheck, and certainly in spaces where he can get off his really fast and accurate release, so yeah, you know, I just, I don't know. I don't really know how to feel about the Jets. I will say that in some areas, I feel like they can handle a team like Toronto, but then I watch how they play against the Canucks, and I'm not really convinced. They're having trouble scoring. The power play units are a little bit meh. Like, the first power play unit especially is not great. The defense is occasionally very absentee, and there's just a lot of chaos in the way that the Jets create. I, uh, I'm not getting great vibes, but we'll find out if the Jets are actually able to salvage this game and end up taking both points. I'm not really sure it's going to happen, and frankly, I don't know if it's actually preferable at this rate. The Canadians are just below them in the standings, and I think it might behoove the Jets to fall a little bit further so that they face Toronto instead of the team in Edmonton that I think will definitely beat them in a series. Toronto, at least, is a little bit more up in the air, though that is all relative at this stage. Before we get to the playoffs talk, though, we will finish out tonight's game in just a little bit. 
Before then, I wanted to tell you a little bit about why Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the market. If you know me and you've listened to this podcast, you know that I'm definitely a huge Built Bar fan. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, it's the only protein bar that tastes more like a candy bar, with a dark chocolate exterior and a soft chewy interior. It comes in nine delicious original flavors like coconut, cherry, and mint brownie, but there are also a bunch of limited edition flavors that pop up on BuiltBar.com, so you'll always want to check and make sure you're subscribed to their email list. If flavors like churro puff get you salivating, yeah, you're going to want to be in the know and stay tuned. If you haven't had a chance to try the nine original flavors, be sure to get the mix box so you can get two bars of each of the nine flavors and pick your favorite. You'll also be thrilled to know that as good as they taste, Built Bars even better for you, with most clocking in at around 130 to 180 calories, 4 to 5 grams of net carbs, and 18 to 19 grams of protein. Who knew chocolate bars could be this nutritious and delicious? Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 at checkout and you'll get 15% off your first order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. When it comes to the wild, wild west of online betting, you need to know that there's a safe, reliable name that you can trust every single time. That's why you should look no further than BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at BetOnline.ag. This week also has tons of sports action on the go, as the NFL Draft is on and the Kentucky Derby is back with the first leg of the Triple Crown. BetOnline is also the source for all your latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including the MLB, NBA, NHL, international soccer, UFC, MMA, and so many other fabulous sports. Before that next pitch or face-off, head on over to BetOnline.ag on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up for bonuses, and throw your name in the hat for a few contests. Stop sitting on the sidelines and get in on the action today. Follow all of your favorite teams as they track towards their playoff runs. To get started, register for a free account at betonline.ag, and when you do, be sure to use promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% matched welcome bonus when you make your very first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Hello, friends, and welcome back to the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. We are recapping Winnipeg versus the Vancouver Canucks, and, uh, yeah, what a game. Um... Winnipeg ended up losing. I mean, is anyone really surprised? I mean, this team has kind of looked stagnant for the last few weeks in a game in which they actually outmatched Vancouver in expected goals by a pretty healthy margin. The Jets still lost. The uh, the coup de grace, so to speak, was Josh Morrissey getting dispossessed in the neutral zone and then watching as a two-on-one sprung through, and he actually slid across to try and block the pass from Hoglander, but Hoglander actually banked it off of Morrissey's stick and passed Laurent Bressois. If ever you want a metaphor for Winnipeg's season over the last several weeks, I, I feel like this is it. The Jets are kind of done, man. I-, I think the team is basically cooked. No matter what they do, they just seem to be out of it. They have another game against the Vancouver Canucks tomorrow, and at this point, it doesn't even matter. You know, the Jets are are in a playoff spot technically, and maybe they're actually hoping to fall even further so that they don't face the Edmonton Oilers that beat them, what, like 6 of 8 or was it 5 of 7 times a season? No, maybe it was actually 7 of 9. I don't know. Either way, the Jets are pretty screwed. I think this team feels like it's done. You know, Blake Wheeler's comments tonight were pretty rough. He sounded very defeated, very dejected. It seems like he's kind of saying the Jets are losing the room a bit. We've seen this before at other times in other seasons, but, you know, Winnipeg only played, what, like 52 games this season, and they've lost 9 out of 10 in the last couple of weeks. That's almost a fifth of your regular season action, man. Even if it's like 58 games, I forget how long the actual season is this year, but either way, basically the Jets have almost lost a fifth of their season in the span of like a month, right? So it's been it's been a trial for the Jets, and I, I think the team is starting to suggest that it's kind of cooked. And I feel like tonight's game, in which they played 
well enough to technically win, but still not enough to actually get across the finish line. Honestly, at this point, I don't know where you go from here. I, I mean, the Jets definitely did get goalied by Thatcher Demko. He was outstanding in net, but by the same token, do you really have an honest opinion on this one being a win for the Jets? In some areas, yeah, kind of, but also, like, no, not really. When the Jets conceded, it was definitely their fault, and when they didn't score, they were, you know, they were shanking shots wide, taking point shots, hoping for lucky deflections, and it's, it, I don't know. I think I'm just tired of this season. I'd rather it end sooner than later just because I feel like at this point we know where the Jets stand. We know what they're going to do in the postseason. I think I'm just waiting for the axe to fall on the coaching staff. I think it's at that point where Winnipeg kind of has to make the move regardless of what happens over the next few days. The team has stagnated for many seasons. Maurice hasn't really been able to take this team back to 2017-2018, not even close. Um, so... At what point does ownership and management feel that this is the time to pull the plug? I'm sure management is probably more than ready to actually make the move, but ownership would have to approve it. Losing 9 out of your last 10 games to limp into the postseason before you have 2 more games and then 4 games against what seems like the Edmonton Oilers, that's a pretty good stretch of where you're basically in firing range now. I think Maurice is probably done after this year, and it's about time in many respects. I think the Jets have kind of fallen into a rut of not really performing at the level that they should, and they've wasted a lot of years in which they needed to be better, and now their their stars are starting to age. I'd be curious to know your thoughts on this. Be sure to let me know at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. Are you looking forward to tomorrow's game? Do you even care? I mean, it's 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 against the Canucks again. They beat us tonight obviously on the back of some great goaltending, but certainly, much like me watching them, the Jets just seem to feel a lot of apathy, and I, uh, yeah, I, I don't know what to say anymore. I'm going to call it here for tonight's episode. We'll talk about tomorrow's game on tomorrow's show. Hopefully the Jets don't embarrass us. I don't even know what to say anymore. Please go listen to our much more exciting podcast, the Locked On Today podcast. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your favorite shows. And I'm sure the news over there is going to be way more fun than it is talking about the Jets. So make sure you tune in. Thanks for listening. Have a great night and go Jets go.